0: Hey ho, everybody. Welcome back to the Generators Podcast with me, Mr. Trent McClellan. Happy Thanksgiving. Did you did you take some time to pause and ask yourself what you're thankful for? I hope you did. I'm sure you could find some stuff, you know? You were able to listen to that, to this, to this I mean, to this podcast. So that's there you go. There's one right off the top. You're alive. That's two. You're breathing. You can taste food. You know, I mean tons of stuff to be grateful for if you just give it give some pause for thought you know shouldn't thanksgiving be every day shouldn't we take that time isn't that what gratitude's about all right Trent, that's enough we're just rambling here now giving a ted talk here about about being thankful but uh seriously i hope you uh hope you enjoyed your weekend and uh did take a moment or two and could find some things that uh uh, you're grateful for in your life I took that moment or two, and uh, it was really great. I was back in St. John's, Newfoundland, where I spent some very um, important, formative years, as they say. And uh, I don't know. It's still always a little bit emotional going back there. I think, you know, I was a really... went to university there, um, played soccer there for many years. So I have a lot of friends that still live there. And so, you know, when I go back there, I, re- I remember the person I was when I lived there. So... And you look at how far how much has changed since then and uh i would have last lived there in 2003 so it's a long long time ago and you kind of evolve into a different person in many ways you know so I'm, I'm always reminded of who i was when i lived there and uh and so it's sometimes a little bit emotional but great to see some familiar faces i was back for a wedding of a long-time friend and so uh, bunch of friends I, I haven't seen in quite a while were there and, and uh, always great to catch up and so kind of fitting that it was Thanksgiving weekend because you're kind of thankful for all those friendships that have kind of endured all the years you know and uh, tons of memories and stuff and catching up and old stories and uh, just a, a really really great time so um, I was just really grateful to be able to get back for that because I didn't know with our shooting schedule if I would make it back in time to be a part of it so i um, just grateful to be able to do that. So, um, yeah, that's it I'm recording this literally Monday morning And uh, I have to head off into 22 here shortly We tape tonight So we have a read-through here shortly And then I, uh, um, yeah, we rehearse a few things And then uh, we bring in the old live audience there to uh, do our thing So season is flying by so quick This is like show five or six already And we're midway through October uh, yeah it's crazy. And that's just a product of getting older, I think, is kind of realizing how fast. A week is nothing. Like a week is nothing in the big scheme of things. Seven days, blip, boom, gone. Nothing to it, you know? And, uh, you know, then you're there. It's like, oh, right, here we go. Monday again. Boom. Taping again. It it just goes by so quickly. So we do that tonight. But I'm going to set up this episode, part two of my talk with Adam Christie, um adam is a writer on our show and a hilarious comedian and in this second part we talk a little bit more about him winning the um serious uh top comic competition so um a pretty big deal up here in canada because there's some really heavy hitters in that in that contest and it goes on for for quite a while and he survived it all and came out on top so we talk about that and uh, what that means for him going forward so um, I think you'll really enjoy this one. We really drilled down on stand-up and kind of the uh, some of our thought processes on it and on developing material and developing an act. And, um, yeah, I think you'll, you'll really like this. So uh, thanks again for tuning in and enjoy part two of my talk with Mr. Adam Christie. Yeah, so we have uh, talked about our mission... <laughs> Part two, everybody. Part two. If you haven't heard the first part, before you even go down this road, I need you to listen to part one with Adam Christie. It's right, up, it's right below this, probably in the feed. You
1: know what? They are too. They, you know, all of it is going to make sense if you haven't heard the first one. So if this is the first one, you right. don't turn it off. We're not listen revealing
0: any characters in this one. That's
1: no, like we haven't established any a characters. Baby. Who had a baby? <laughs>
0: It's like all those, uh, you know, when you watch uh, soap operas, they, they assume you've not seen yesterday. And it's like, what do you mean Linda's no longer working at Jebeau or whatever it is? It's like they say full sentences to give you all of the backstory.
1: No, this is like uh, episode, part one was like Batman Returns. And right. this is now the Dark Knight. You do not right. have to be familiar with the first. You know the characters. Trent McClellan. Stand-up comedian Adam Christie, stand-up comedian. You already know. It's just two different actors playing them.
0: Just two different actors playing them. The yep. role of Adam Christie now played by.
1: And this is going to be the only sequel that's better than the. This is going to be the Terminator I Two. I agree. Of the. If you haven't anything.
0: seen the fir- if you heard the first one, it won't matter. You're going to love the second one. Yeah. I would just see the second one. Yeah. That's what I would do. I just listen to that one. Yep. Bring it. Um. Yeah, we talked a little bit about the dark times of comedy, and then I was also like, oh, yeah, that's. There are good times too, people, if you're out there listening, like, wow, comedy sounds like a very sad life. And it can be. Mm-hmm.
1: Let's not mm-hmm. I don't want to
0: sugarcoat it out there for people. No, it's dark. It could be very, very dark. dark. Oh, yeah. But there are great moments. Um, and you just recently had a fantastic, crazy, crazy moment. Why don't you tell the folks what happened? What 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 has your life been the last two months? What have you what has happened to you?
1: Guys, I just headlined Burlington Yuck Yucks. And it was a life-changing opportunity, first of all. Unbelievable. 40 people on the Friday, which is good. Unreal. Uh, no, I just want
0: uh, the series XM Top Comic. Amazing. Trent? That's amazing. Congratulations, man. Thanks. I was really happy, by the way, when I found out. I was like, he's, he's a hilarious comic, first of all, and he's a really good dude. I was like, I like it when good things happen to good people. It just you. makes Things make sense then. You're like, yeah, that all fits in. That should be the way it is. God, you know that's very nice. Plus, you owe me a lot of money, so it just kind of came together. About the prize money, yeah, (laughs) and the fact that you just signed the back of the check and gave it to me is like just now also very gratifying. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Because some people, especially stand-up comedians, I find can be uh, one side or the other on comedy contests, where they're like, "Screw those things," you know, it's got nothing to do with art, blah 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 blah. And other people are like, "Well, no, it's a great opportunity and a chance to put you in front of some eyeballs that." whatever. But if you can win some prize money and all those things like that's a great thing. Well, I've done it both about- ways. I've entered them and had yeah. success and had entered them and not done well and whatever. But um, what was your, have your, you always been open to the idea of them? Well, yeah, but I haven't done one in
1: a while. And you know what? I was thinking last year that it's been a while since I did a up competition. And I think it would probably be good for me because I, I haven't done one probably in like Eight years So I was like You know what I'm going to get down and dirty And I'm going to do a, a stand-up competition And also this is a good stand Like XM uh, If you don't know the contest It's like The Canadian stand-up contest It's the biggest one yep. But it's for Sirius XM Satellite Radio And they pay you To do the preliminaries So I, I went down To Absolute Comedy I got paid You get paid to do That's crazy I took the, I took the train I'm not going to say How much I made But it was a yeah, nice yeah. amount of money To just do a set e- Even if you don't go through That's true And then I went through Yep. And then sometimes you do these competitions and you have to promote them online. Yeah. But I feel like with Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, they're so nice to everybody. They support Canadian comics. Right. Like uh, uh, the channel plays our albums. True. So it's like, yeah, I, I have no problem promoting things. Putting money thing. in your pocket too. <laughs> yeah. So I have sweet no
0: sound exchange money coming in. Telling my vast number of followers asked, uh, to go vote for me and to- do that. They were inside the door right now, and I thought that's a little concerning, quite frankly, that they got in here, but... In Halifax, yep. It's fine. The, the security here is pretty weak, but... Uh, but Okay, so how many sets... What tell, what was the road to the finals? How, did that, how does it work?
1: You have to... Um, so first you submit a tape. Yep. And then they whittle all the tapes down to 60. And um, then the 60, there's six nights of 10 where they pick three people. So then you do a set at a comedy club and then I got top three of that night. And then I went to the next round, which is 18 people and they put their, your sets online and then people vote. Right. And we'll whittle it down to 10. And then I made it down to the top 10. And then we did a big show at the Queen Elizabeth theater in downtown or not downtown Toronto. Sorry. At the exhibition grounds in Toronto, okay. which is a nice theater. And there was uh, 10 and then I, uh, uh, everyone killed, everyone had a great set and, um, I was lucky enough to win.
0: Did you do the same set throughout the whole competition or did you change it up? I changed it up. Because you wanted to, or what was your mind, What was your th- thinking going into that?
1: I changed it, uh, literally two minutes after, before I went on stage. Really? Yeah. From the time I was, I drew fifth, which is a good spot. And, um, so i had 25 minutes and i was changing my set for 25 straight minutes in the
0: basement taking this out putting this in not yeah. this one cut that one yeah
1: i i probably cut something and added something with five minutes left and then i changed the order of the set t- with two minutes uh left and i closed my book and i went upstairs right yeah
0: so for people who don't do stand-up like <clears throat> the timing of a set especially in a competition cuz how long were your sets in this seven 7 minutes were there penalties for going over your time
1: uh i don't think so i feel like everyone went over their time a little bit cuz it was a theater and right. there's no way to time to gauge that yeah so i actually cut a joke mid set cuz i got the li- i got a hard light which meant wrap it up yep and uh
0: i had two jokes left or i had three jokes left oh wow but you're getting such a good response it totally messed up your time
1: yeah but that happened to everybody yeah, like yeah. everybody crushed yeah so everyone said yes i cut a joke or i cut my like people cut their closers because crazy they, they, everyone was killing um so i i had three jokes left and one of them was like a minute and then i had two 30 second jokes and so i cut the minute long one yep and just did the two 30 second ones and I was freaking out because I was like, I went over time. And then I went backstage and everyone said, yeah, I, I went over time too.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah, it is a weird thing because you have to gauge. Your time includes the laughter of the audience. So it's almost impossible to gauge. Um, you know, If you're in a big venue and you're doing really, really well, obviously those breaks of laughter and applause or whatever you're going to get are way longer than you'd normally get with a smaller crowd. That's why sometimes when you do warm-up sets at JFL – it's like you do them in a small club if you're playing a big theater it's like okay well yeah. it's not really a true gauge of your time and so yeah. trying to work the set as much as you can in front of as many different audiences as you can really helps you gauge okay yeah, i can add that third thing or take that third thing out do you know what i mean yeah um, but that really really helps to have that um and then you win you're like what like so how did they announce the winner like was it kind of
1: well, they did because there's two runner-up prizes, which you get $2,500 and you get to do all of the JFLs in North America. Nice. And then the uh, – so I just wanted a place because I would love to know that I was doing JFL next year. Right. Like the the fact that I, I would know I'm going to Montreal next year and I'm doing a TV set, I have to get seven minutes prepared. That's my stand-up goal for the next, like, year is that I'm taping a set in any e- year. Yep. It's a pretty good – Thing to have
0: good anchor for this for the year and summer.
1: Yeah, um, and also like doing JFL forty two. So you'd be like, I know in July I have seven minutes have to put on television, and I need forty five for September, which right. I think is a pretty good thing to have. Um, so I just really like, like I'm not like a crazy like competitive like. I know comics who li- like watch Rocky like over <laughs> and over again before they do a competition. I was just like, I just want to go in and kill and have fun in this right. big theater. And I mean, I'll kill as hard as I can. And if I win, that's crazy. But if I like top three would be sweet. Um, and I didn't watch anybody's sets because I was too nervous. Yeah. And um, It's
0: weird. That's a weird headspace you can end up in if you're like. Yeah. After
1: my set, I just went downstairs and I played video games. And, and not to be rude, but I was just like, yeah. I was a wreck. Yeah. I need to get out of here. Yeah. I was peeing like every five <laughs> minutes.
0: It was crazy. <laughs> um, oh, I, oh, I remember those feelings, man. It is insane. Like I, do you ever sit back and just think about the profession and go like, this? It's nuts. Yeah. Like it's truly nuts. Yeah. Um, and that pressure, and then so yeah, okay. So they announced the two runner up. Two they announced the two up.
1: runners up, and um, I was kind of like bummed because I didn't get runner up, and because at first when they begin to start announcing, you have a three in ten chance of getting right. top three. But then, when the runners-up have been announced, now it's like you have a one in eight chance of mm-hmm. winning, and that's like still feels a pretty good chance. But you're like, I'm sitting next to like great comics, who so I'm like, yeah. they would deserve to win too. They would deserve to win too. Um, I didn't watch their set, so I have no idea. Maybe I had, had the worst set. Of yeah, my yeah, life. you're right. Now. You have um, no, no. I don't. I don't know. Maybe I had the best set. I maybe I had the worst set. I yeah. have no idea. And then they announced my name. I was like pretty shocked. And I walked on a stage, and they um, gave me the mic immediately, and um, they were like, "Say a speech," and I was like, <laughs> "I didn't thank my girlfriend." Um, Just totally and then after I got it. up, when we were we were Ubering home after the competition, and I was like, uh, "I didn't thank you," and my girlfriend goes, "Yep." <laughs> like I knew that she kn- she was like,
0: "I know." Noted. Yeah. Noted. Biggest moment of your life. Appreciate it. I was there, you know. I was there. Yeah, she was there. <laughs> but you were Hel- supposed-
1: helping so like, texting people, telling them to vote. Because there was, like, another, like, uh, like texting per- vote portion, was, yeah. like, a portion of it. So she's, like, texting everyone she knows <laughs> to vote for me. Thanks, everybody. Uh Nobody to thank. Just to
0: see you. Did it by <laughs> myself. Thanks so much. <laughs> 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 what really, really galvanizes this is just to know... That I did it just out of my own power and skill and ability, you know what I mean? It was kind of no help out there, and uh, nope, still not <laughs> nothing. make eye contact and just <laughs> 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 But you must have just been out like outside yourself, like that of like, am yeah, I, is this really happening? The whole
1: night I, I was, and mm-hmm. it's still kind of unbelievable.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. Um, but, but yeah, now I'm... you get to do so you get to do the uh, JFLs here, but you also get to go to Australia. Mm-hmm. That's insane, dude, the Sydney Opera House, Sydney Opera House. Like, th- that's one of the most iconic places in, like, performing venues in the world.
1: I did draw it when I was in grade two. That's insane. We did a school project on Australia. That's insane. I remember, I remember drawing it, doing what a bad play job. i did there one day. Yeah. I didn't say, I didn't say I'm going to play there one day. You
0: probably did. And that's why it happened. Maybe you manifested it back then. You just don't remember it. Shit, maybe. That's why this whole thing came to, that's why you're here right now doing this podcast. Because Mrs. About that, Mrs. Clark. Mrs. Clark. Her. One day you're going to play the Sydney Opera House. You're like, "Thank you, Mrs. Clark. You remembered her, but forgot your girlfriend." Weird, strange. <laughs> <Just> weird. <laughs> that came around. She's also Mrs. Clark. Also Mrs. Clark. That's, that's also, what she makes me call him, her. Wow, that's weird how that all came around. Very, very happy for you, man. It's like I. Thanks, uh, Trent. No, it's awesome, and it's it's. Um, I don't know for all the comics out there. Like we know what it's like to go through really dark times and question whether you should s- stay in it or where is this going. And but the beautiful thing about this world that we're in the stand-up world is that that's how quickly shit can change that's how quickly you can have a great set and the right person can see it or you can win a contest or you can get booked at a comedy club that you never got into before and that opens up a door and you meet another comedian like momentum and inertia they're the real things I find in this game
1: and let me tell you I've uh, you know afterwards I'm still stressed and anxious about it all my life <laughs> it right. doesn't change anything
0: that's right it's really comedian when Orny Adams was like founder got JFL did you ever see that movie comedian yeah and he's just so elated and he calls his mom and then literally it's like 10 minutes later, him just laying on the pavement like, oh God, like already stressed about the set he's gonna do. And I'm like, that is such the mind of the comedian. Yep. Like that, like the victories are so short-lived.
1: And hey, you know what is funny is that after you win the money because you win 25 grand, people are like, what are you gonna do with it? Which is, I find th- it was a weird, like, <laughs> I have no plan. I like-
0: What are you gonna do with it? <laughs> I'm never gonna work again. <laughs>
1: It's 25 grand But I I don't know uh, uh, Maybe people I mean some people Probably know what they would do If they got 25 grand I don't But I have an answer now I think I'm gonna go to therapy
0: Again Good for you Yeah Take care of your health Yeah Why not
1: I I wasn't going I was going to therapy And now I've stopped Right And uh, I I need it Trent Why not So I'm gonna go back Because it it used to be I I used to be in a spot Where I was like Therapy's too expensive to go to Yeah It was like The guy I was going to (coughs) Was pretty good He was great. John, shout out to John. Shout out to John right Um, now, if you're listening. But
0: um, I had a great guy that I went to in Calgary and then uh, got to a place where I felt like I'm "I'm good. I'm good. mm -hmm. He's not the same thing. And then when I wanted to go back, he had retired. And I was like, Wow, are you kidding me right now? Because you feel like you had a rapport with this person. And it's a very personal thing. It's like, I don't know, not that you're a friend, but it's kind of you feel like, okay, well, you've got a connection. This guy gets me. I got a lot of... Value from sitting down with this person for an hour, and then you, when you feel like you need it again, it's not there. It was yeah. pretty, I was really like, called well. him, and he was like, You run me out of the game. <laughs> He's like, I want to go down top, and God, you had a lot of <laughs> shit to deal with. And I feel like, <laughs> I'm like, it ain't gonna get any better than that. I ain't gonna conquer any mountains bigger <laughs> than that. It's <laughs> so, I'm hanging him up I time he had a press conference. There was you were a, that last mountain I just couldn't climb. And- <laughs> It was, yeah. I was like, I even did a Google search and stuff. I was like, that guy's got to be out there somewhere. God, he's going to gonna run into him at a home hardware somewhere one day. Like, hey. Wow. Remember the issues? The a runaway. stuff. You're not going to go to get the hammers, are you? Where's he going? Where's he going? <laughs> but that's cool that you do that. I think, I don't know. It's funny. I was talking to a buddy on the weekend about that, about how we, as men, we don't, we don't talk about shit. We don't admit when things are not going well. Like, everyone likes to just front that stuff's fine. And I'm like... Yeah. When it's like, no, you're clearly falling apart, but you just want to keep it together for optics. But you know what? It is hard to
1: go to therapy and it is expensive. Like it's yes. like hundreds of dollars a month it is. and no one has the proper coverage. Like I have coverage, but my coverage is for um, a psychiatrist mm-hmm. uh, and even my good coverage is, it still makes it too expensive to get a psychiatrist. And it's only for a limited n- number of sessions. It would be right, yeah. like maybe two a month. And, but, and then to get a good psychotherapist, like not a doctor, it's still like 80 to $120 per session if you want to go every week. It's a lot. That's like, it used to be my rent. Yeah, yeah. I used to pay
0: $450 a month to live. Especially for comedians, I felt like it would be a cool thing to kind of develop some kind of... Um collective like a mental health collective Mm -hmm. that people would you know the people who could afford to do it could chip into this thing yeah and then people who need it could avail of like hey you get so many sessions at least you know like some kind of help out there but because it's it's tough man and like we don't have an employee assistance program you can just like oh here you go and it's for a lot of people and like you're lucky that at least you have some coverage i'm sure a lot of comedians have nothing yeah you know like nothing is covered they have no ability to do it also then you don't go and then it's like man oh man because it's such an isolating it can be a very isolating job at times like you know and thank god you have other comedians sometimes you can just call up and go like oh i'm going through this and they've been there and they get it yeah but sometimes it goes way deeper than that so it's like you need a professional you need Mm -hmm. someone who's like yeah i've dealt with this and stuff and yeah you know so it's it's, uh it's really really important to to deal with that what is your stand up process in terms of like developing material like pen and paper, bullet points, like are you taking an idea on stage? Like what is, how do you go about it?
1: Usually it's like I have an idea or I say something funny and then I take it on stage. I usually know when something's good before I say it on stage. Right. Like I usually have a pretty good idea of, oh, this is is gonna be good. But um, I mean, I don't really have a process.
0: Yeah? Do you? I used to be like longhand, wrote everything out word for word. Like literally everything. Mm-hmm. It was like to the T, and I would memorize it, and I would spend time then really in it, like trying to now, how do I solve this kind of thing? And then I got to more of a just bullet points. So I just put it on I'll find it in there, and that's where I am now. And then now there's more of a I think I know where it is, and I'm just gonna go up with it, but then sometimes I'll write it out. But I talked to someone like Ivan Decker. Ivan once took his whole act and wrote it out word for word, and then literally went did an audit of how much fat was in there. Like, I don't need that one word to right. get out of that sentence. And he goes, I just really trim the fat up on it. And I'm like, that is discipline. Like that sometimes is,
1: sometimes I add words. I remember someone was listening to my set because I was getting ready for something. I was running maybe my last JFL taping and my friend said, you say this word too much. And I said, I think I need that word just for pacing. Hmm. Um, or even it, it's a, a stutter that I have but on purpose for a joke that I just need. For rhythm? Sometimes just for rhythm to hit something. Yep. I have a joke. Um. What's my joke? I think it's my joke where I say, and this is like a fine joke. It really is hanging by a thread. But I have a joke that's like, I bought my girlfriend a little coupon book. You know those little coupon books? Like a sexy for, little coupon book? Yeah, yeah. Book? And I like gave it to my girlfriend and it's like a personalized cover on on the outside and she opens it up. And then inside the coupon book, there's like eight little uh coupons for deals at Pita Pit. And that's a joke. But the the punchline is like there's eight little uh deals at Peter Pit. And I I put the uh in there. Oh no, I was releasing my album and the person mixing it was like, You said um Right before the punchline, I took it out. And I was like, put it back in. Because it makes... Yeah. It, for some reason, for the pacing, it makes more sense to have it in.
0: Yeah. No, I, I get that. <clears throat> I think I have a bunch of those things, too, that I do just for rhythm. Yeah. And I'm like, economically, it's not the best thing. No. But it's a comfort thing when I'm up there, and I do it. Also, I need time. I'm
1: not Ivan Decker.
0: What, what is it? <laughs> trimming, trimming stuff? I'm adding Put. I'm putting useless words in there.
1: I'm taking I'm taking long sips of water on stage. <laughs> Sometimes I, I, I get a fall in there Sometimes I forget I, I act like I forgot a prop backstage And I then back I root there. around for five minutes I say, can we turn the house lights up Maybe play some music I'm just going to go get a prop And then I come back And I'm like, I couldn't find it Anyway lights <laughs> back on But I just gained six minutes Just gained
0: six yeah. I mean, he's like yeah, I did that I
1: took- for my last JFL gala
0: <laughs> He's like, yeah, I took that out No, no, no That That's part of the set That's part of the set, that that set. Is def- that's, hu- actually, that's one of the best parts of the set <laughs> <laughs>
1: They're like Adam, we can't license the music. I'm
0: like, you better pay for it, guys. It's going no in. one else is doing it. I'll tell you that much. No one's copying that bit. That's God a Christie bit right there. <laughs> Raise hey. a little
1: hell while people mill about, check their phone, talk get to their, drinks. talk to their, yeah, yeah. Go get a drink. <laughs> while I'm going to get a prop that doesn't exist.
0: Uh, I got really frustrated with myself because I had a in the summer. I had a real wave of ideas were just coming to me really, really quick, and I don't know what it was. It was like I don't know the universe or whatever it was just like here, take this, take this, and it was just flowing. And then I did this big show that I had to do. And then I just took like six weeks off and I'm like, I'm an idiot. I'm like, it was, the muse was like at my door, like here, take all this stuff. And then I went right back when I opened up my notes again, I was like, I don't even remember what that line means. And I don't know what that title is. And it's like, I was in a groove and I walked away from it and I got really mad at myself because it was like, you need to respect it when it shows up. I feel. Yeah. You're
1: also a busy guy, and you need time off. But I, I know exactly (laughs) what you mean. Like, I'll I'll get into those things. I wish, like, I hate the person who I don't like listening to is Seinfeld because he has such an opposite way of thinking about comedy than I feel like I do. How do you mean? Because he's always like, "Right, you gotta go. You gotta be like a construction worker. Yeah, you write eight eight hours a day." And I'm like, I would fucking kill myself if I was writing for eight hours. None of it would be good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Literally none of it. Yeah, I feel like. I split the difference where I feel like I have to put some time in every week in my stand up, like whether that's going to a coffee shop and sitting down with an old like my current set and going, okay, can I rearrange this so it's better or add more lines or this one line is not working the way I want it to. Like, I feel I do need to do that, but I don't have that discipline of like eight hours a day sitting down and like I go to work every day. I also don't know how much fun that would be.
1: You know? know what I do, and I I think the most important part of stand up is exactly what you're talking about is just like the boring work of like going through your notes, listening to your sets, um, looking at uh, checking your Evernote on your phone or checking your voice memos to see if there was something funny that you said because sometimes those things can be forgotten. What I do usually, which is my biggest help for tags, is I will go into my uh, room and I'll put on my latest set and I'll stand up and kind of pace around while it's happening. Yeah. So I can get into my frame of reference sometimes just hearing the way I tell jokes gets me into that rhythm and I can come up with uh like jokes like sometimes watching stand-up I'll get ideas for stand-up yes and it's not I'm not saying I'm stealing jokes or it's even on the topic that someone is talking about no but I will like I'll be watching something someone talk about like going to school And I'll be like, oh, I remember I had that joke about I went to the supermarket. Yeah. Or that thing that happened. I could do a joke about that. Or sometimes, like, people tell jokes about mundane things. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've, like, I can't remember who I was listening to. But they were just talking about, like, growing up. And I was like, what do I I got some stuff on growing up?
0: Yeah. It triggered something for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea, actually. Excuse me. It just...
1: Imagine you see my next...
0: Stand up. It's just Bill Burr. It's just, just literally. Like, that Bill is Burr's. literally word for word. Bill Burr. You're like, yeah, it just came to me. That yeah, came you <laughs> through your ears from Bill Burr special. Like, no, I don't think it is. Is there some similarities? A little bit.
1: <laughs> I own it a little bit. I call it being inspired. Trent,
0: <laughs> I call it. Hey, there's no new ideas. Right. That's what everyone tells what you. What if
1: Bill Burr went on stage and pretended he forgot a prop? for five minutes. That's what Adam Christie is. It would probably
0: be genius. They would go like that. Oh, dude, that was so risky. And like, for him, like, dude. And then to come back and still get them? To come back and still win them after that? Like, dude, that is... After we're waiting for the prop and it never comes? It never comes. And dude, I heard that there really was a prop and he really couldn't find it. Like, that way, he left it in. He just left it in anyway. It was so edgy. I heard he's going back to therapy. I I heard he's going back to therapy. therapy. Um, But I'm fascinated by people's process because I feel like what works for one person doesn't work for somebody else and so you have to be kind of just true to who you are and how that works but i love also spend i'm lucky in that way that i always love that off stage stuff of spending time with my own oh, act yeah? and whatever i feel bad for comics who are like they just want the adrenalized part of the performance yeah it's like i get that and that's all awesome we all want to be in the lights and be on the big shows but i have no problem sitting by myself for an hour or two hours and going okay like this one line won't work. I'm going to sit here and literally obsess about it. Like yeah. for some reason I don't mind doing that.
1: Yeah. I think it's because you have to care about what you're doing. And I think of you just, cause I think, I think it's with everybody too. If you are a standup comedian, you could, you know, write a new 10 minutes every year and still be like kind of fresh. And like every time you do a club, you have 30 new minutes every three years that you do and blah, blah, blah. But even if you're a teacher you can, on your off time, you can, when you're not teaching, putting in the time, you could write a, read a book about childhood development. You could, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if you're working in an office, if you're a manager of people, you could read a joke or a, a, read a joke, read a couple of my jokes. Why not? Read some of your jokes. Um, but you could read a book on management or. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: I feel like now, like I spend a lot of time with social media as well. So it's like, that's almost part of the job now. Do you know what I mean? So all this time that I could be maybe working on my act or rewriting this bit or writing a new bit, it's like now I'm like, how many hours am I putting into updating social media and now developing a podcast? And like our yeah. show, of course, is a lot of time, you know, like you on the writing end, me on the other end. It's like there's a lot of hours and then you have to sleep. You're trying to maintain relationships. like there's only so many hours in a day. It's like yeah. how much can you do? And yeah. so it does take a lot of work to do all those things t- to a certain level of competency. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I feel like... I don't know, it's like, sometimes I feel like I'm dropping a ball in one of those areas. And I'm like, so then I start picking up that ball and I feel like I dropped another one. Yeah. You know, but we're lucky that the work is fun.
1: Like it yes. is a lot. It's more work than a lot of people do, but it's fun work. Yeah. And it gets, to be, about it, it gets to be fun. Sometimes it's not fun, but most of the time it's fun.
0: It's still amazing to me to make a room full of people laugh. Like that's still, that's just as energizing and just as powerful for me now as it was when I started 15, 16 years ago. Yeah. Like that wave of laughter in a big venue when you say something and it's just a wash of people, it, like that's insane. Everyone should get to feel that once in their life, I feel like. Well, maybe not everyone. It's most people. Okay, certain people shouldn't. No, no, never mind, all people. Only me and you. Just me and you. That's what just what time
1: are we at? How, how long have we done?
0: <clears throat> We've done 27 minutes. I love
1: it. You know what? Let's
0: wrap it up in a, a solid 35. Let's wrap it up at uh, 35. I want this to be a, let's a, just have a de- television show. Let's just show have and... dead air. Let's go look for a prop right now. <laughs> <laughs> just dead air? What is? Is it over? Is the podcast...
1: <laughs> Hold on. Uh, Trent and I are going to go look for a, pro- <laughs> a prop for the podcast. We fa- It's a Foley thing. It's a sound thing. Is this it? Hold on.
0: That's not it. Is that it? No. That's not... No, I thought that was it, but that's definitely. Well, that was a that was a full minute. That that covered that covered some time. But it is I do feel grateful every day that I do get to do this for a living. I still pinch myself and I've told this story before, but I feel like I was driving on the Pacific Coast once to do a gig in like Carlsbad or something. And uh I'm driving from LA to there and I remember like just hit me in this moment of like like I'm here right now because of the ridiculous things I think of in my head. It's like you know what I mean? Like Beautiful view. I'm going to go play a beautiful theater. Like, I'm like, this is insane. Like, I never could have imagined in my childhood, which was what I found fascinating about you when you said like, you knew right away you wanted to be a stand-up and it was going to be a career for you. That didn't come from me until like much later in life of being even a possibility. So I think I still have these moments of like, wow, this is insane that I get to do this.
1: Do you think garbage men are ever like, this is so great
0: I'm a garbage man. I do. I think there are people who are like, I'm a garbage man. I love it. I love it. I'm outside all day. I have no boss over my shoulder. I get to get mess have a laugh with my buddies all day. We learn a lot about people that you don't think we learn. Like yeah. we, we look at your garbage all day. I think for every job, there's someone who's meant to do that job. But the problem is most people are misplaced. Most people are in jobs that they don't actually wanna do. They would be far better off being a garbage man, but they're like, no, I'm gonna be an accountant because it's prestigious or whatever it is. And it's like, no, you, you were, if you were a garbage man, you'd be far happier.
1: Do they have showers at the, garb- uh, at the garbage facility? Like, do you shower before you go home? Do you think if you're a garbage man?
0: That's a great question
1: Probably Garbage person
0: If you're a garbage person out there Send us a, a message Yeah, if you know trans- a, Transcomedy.com Yeah,
1: if you know A garbage man Or a garbage woman And You probably You probably have a change of clothes At the thing You would think You probably didn't go home Smelling like garbage
0: No Or do you just get dropped off By the truck Oh, that'd be good Right If You leave your work. house for last
1: Yeah <laughs> And you're like Oh I take, I take out my garbage When I get there but I get that. Hey,
0: there's no Garrett. Oh, we, do we already do this house? No, no, no. I, I got to go back in and get it. This is my house. This is my
1: house. <laughs> Let me just go look for a prop in my house for five minutes.
0: You can start with your house or end with your house. Totally up to you. I would end there at the end of the day there. Like, just go in there. But I do feel that. I feel like for every possession, every, uh, like, um, profession, there is someone who's meant to do that thing. But, but a lot of people are just misplaced and they don't actually do the thing they're supposed to do.
1: All the oyster people, uh, that's where they should be. That's where they should I've be. I've never met a mad oyster person. They're all, they all they'll look like they're oyster people. They all, Look like they love oysters. Yeah, they're proud of them. when I went to Oyster let me tell you, this uh, woman uh, tried to kiss me.
0: Yeah, you, yeah, you talked. We talked about that. Are yeah, t- yeah, 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 about yeah, yeah, yeah. It was crazy. And she, and you, you have somebody in your life. So I mean, that can't happen.
1: Yeah, it was it was like the horny oysters or something. It was one of the most bizarre like, things. That I've sounds ever... like a bar in
0: a small town. In life. Yeah, the, the, the horny, horny oyster. oyster. <laughs> I've done that gig. For, <laughs> who books that, Pembroke? Yeah, <laughs> who books the <a> horny oyster? <laughs> Welcome to comedy night, the Horny Oyster. Mm-hmm. That's those gigs too, where like someone who works at the bar like starts the show. Do you know what I mean? One of oh, it's yeah. like, and they okay, love it. Yeah, and that's what like, I live for. All right, and they tell a horrible street joke to start. You yeah. Know? Anyway, three guys go into it, and you're just like, oh god, just, just, just start the show. Just. <laughs> like, Okay, guys, remember no throwing pool cues. Okay, we talked about that last week. Comics are here for a good time. You're here for a good time. Also, our ribs right now are on special. <laughs> it's like what there there was a gig in Sherwood Park, Alberta, where the host was told to mention specials like towards before we brought the headliner. The comedian? Up, the the host, yeah, was or the, the MC was yep. they had specifically been told do not forget to mention the specials and that we also have cake.
1: You know what that's fair. And you're like who cake like what are we
0: all right now time for your headline because you
1: know there's people in that crowd hating that show and then you mentioned the specials and you're like someone's like finally some good fucking news news. (laughs) that i can get some wings for 75 cents each
0: does that include (laughs) highballs yes sir yes it does (laughs) this next guy he's just one uh stop comic but you said highballs right was it five bucks
1: oh dude one time i uh I did a gig where I was like, uh, I was like, where's the stage? And they were like, oh, it's there. And they pointed at a pool table. And I was like, oh, you put like a cover on the pool table? And they said,
0: no. What do you mean you just stood on the pool stood table? Stood on top of a pool table. And you did it? Yep. And you're a tall man. So w- head wise, like was the ceiling high? It was, a, it was
1: a high ceiling, yeah. It was a terrible gig.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, that I it would was imagine.
1: like year one of doing stand up. <sighs> but I will stand on a pool table again.
0: You will do it again?
1: Uh, There'll be a, probably a gig. What night. if
0: you go to Sydney and they're like, <laughs> we have two rooms. At the Opera House? We have the Opera House, the, the one that you've probably seen on the website. <laughs> but we also have our <laughs> our other room, which is literally just a small break It's at the Horny, or, horny Oyster. That's it's where above really the Horny Oyster. We have a dinner prepared for you at the Horny Oyster tonight. So, uh, dude, I would be so excited if I was you, though, to go. When do you go to Sydney? Two weeks. Two weeks' time. Yep. and Halifax of Sydney. How long are the sets when you go there? Seven. S- seven minutes as, w- as yeah. well.
1: I have four sets, seven minutes long. Um, two of them are at the Sydney Opera House, one in the main space, and one in the, I guess there's like a cabaret where they do the thing. And then I have two warm up shows. Oh, cool. Okay. And uh, I'm hoping I'm not going to be totally fucked up from jet lag because it is. It's a hall. Yep. It's tomorrow right there, right now. That's right. It's tomorrow night in Sydney, I believe. It's November. It is November Sydney, right in now. Sydney.
0: 2021. That's actually not that great. Oh, yeah, that's great. It's a few years ahead. Wow. Yeah. So you got to write jokes for the future.
1: Hey, I'm on TikTok. TikTok.
0: I just got on that too. It's like, I don't understand what's happening. That's yeah, all young people. It's, it's true. Not, it's not but for th- but a lot of people think that it will be like, it's just like Instagram and all those other things. That it starts with young people and then eventually everyone's on board there.
1: I was talking to some kids lately <clears> and <throat> none of them are on Facebook. They're like, we don't know a single person on
0: Facebook. Yeah, I believe that. I think that's for like your parents and stuff now. Like, and that's they all love the Green
1: people. Party. Yeah, yeah. They all love the Green Party. They're not on Facebook. It's a different world.
0: We're going to get thrown we're in the garbage. Yeah, they're going to throw us out. Yep. Here's a question for you, but Sydney. Please. Because you're playing another country, are you concerned that your act will translate? Or are there any references in there where you're like, whoa? I'm, I'm going to make some changes. Okay, you've got to change some things. Right off
1: the top, you I'm going to say good day. Because <laughs> I usually say hello. How's it going?
0: You want Vegemite in there?
1: And I'm going to say Good eye, mate um i don't know i have to i haven't gone through my set yet i'm going to start doing stand-up again uh i've done a few gigs here or there but i haven't been like because of work is has been busy yeah for sure So i've had some gigs but i'm going to try to get on stage like four times a week starting on thursday oh cool okay Uh, um but i haven't i don't have a gig yet or i don't have i haven't made my set I'm sure, talking about, I'm sure people are divorced in Australia. I'll probably do all the divorce stuff. They don't get divorced in Australia. They don't.
0: It's illegal. Okay. They don't even get married there. So it's really? that whole thing. Take that out. Wow. Take that whole chunk out. Oh, God, it's I so have... funny because when I played America, I played the U.S. for the first time, I remembered the same thing. I was like, these are different people. And this, is... I don't know what they're going to laugh at. And then you go up and do yourself. You're like, they're just people. They're just regular people. <laughs> yeah. they're just, they're, they just live in a different country. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> I mean, there's some things you have to be, like, you know, to have a Canadian Tire reference or something in my act that I had, you have to make sure you don't have those things, but yeah. everything else is American like, Tire. Yeah, it's like primal feeling. People have anger, fear, anxiety, it's all the same, like, yeah. but I'd worked it up in my head to be this big thing, you know? Yeah. Um, but, man, that's exciting stuff, like, I would, I would love to get to Australia. I've heard that from a lot of people, actually, like, when you do a show and there are Australians in the audience, they're like, you should come now, like, you would, your style would really resonate with people down there, so it's like, I think they get our... Our style of humor up here The Canadian style Kind of how we do things God I hope so You know I'm sure they will I mean they wouldn't put you down there And go like Good luck with all that I don't know if That's gonna fly but. Well it'd be pretty I don't know No I can't wait It's gonna be amazing I think it's gonna be the best So you do that one You definitely do in, um, Just for Laughs in Montreal Next summer And Just for la- JFL 42 in Toronto And JFL Northwest Dude, Dude Have you, you done
1: JFL Northwest yet? No I haven't either, but it's the new. I think it's the newest one. Yes, and I'm very excited. I love Vancouver. I think awesome. it. Vancouver's awesome. I'm so glad that I placed in this competition because just doing all these JFLs, it's amazing. Has been great. Yeah, it's yeah. it is. It's
0: a great opportunity. It's like it's and to put you in front of so many people who may not have known who you are. Um, what that's another thing I'm amazed of. Like you can be doing stand up a long time. And it's amazing how many people still will not know who you are.
1: I've done a million sets in Halifax, and I'm shocked that I can still do jokes in Halifax
0: and people will laugh. Yeah. it's disgusting. That you're like, how have you not heard this? And the other thing is, you do shows and people come up afterwards and go, "Like, yeah, that was my first comedy show." And I'm like, "You're 54 years old. Like, no. it's like, yeah, just never been. Love stand up. Love watching it on Netflix. Yeah. Just never ever gone to a live show. I'm yeah. amazed that that." that the medium is still just, for some people, it's not an option. Yeah. Or it's, this is the first time they've done it. Yeah. That, to me, is incredible.
1: Imagine being like, it's my first time being at a restaurant.
0: Didn't know that other people made food. Yeah, I watch cooking shows all the time, but good Lord. <laughs> this is great. I watch cooking shows all the time. Huh. I just thought we all had food in our houses and we made it for ourselves. <laughs> that McDonald's, have you tried that? That's incredible. That food was ready instantly.
1: But I get, do you think... What do you think is more popular? Bowling or stand-up comedy?
0: I think stand-up comedy is more popular.
1: But what, what activity do you think? the what, Who has more people coming through the doors every week? Bowling or stand-up comedy?
0: <sighs> yeah, now when you put it that way, because there's minor bowling programs I and mean, there's kids who bowl and go through the doors. Might be bowling.
1: Also, bowling doesn't go dark during the week. Right. Like bowling's
0: open on Monday. Seven days a week. Yeah. Yeah. But I think more people are watch stand up comedy like on television, and so like they're engaged in it in some way, shape, or form. But yeah, they might not go to see it live. There's
1: lots of famous bowlers, though. Name one. Um, Jimmy Ferdet. You just made that up. No, nope. You so made that up. He's, that a, was a, he's a basketball. That was player. your Uber driver. He's a player he for the Sacramento Kings. Jimmer Ferdette. Are you for, are you for real right now, Jimmer Furedet? Are you
0: just, you're just saying a bunch of syllables quickly. Um, Mark Davis. <laughs> I have uh, no way of confirming if these are actual bowlers.
1: Uh, Dikembe Johnson. Dikembe Mutombo. No, Dikembe Johnson. He's very, a bowler. Very different.
0: You know, actual bowlers. Trent McClellan. That's me. That's where I got you. No,
1: there's That's, also there's also no, a bowler. favorite. McBow- I get that
0: all the time. They go, "Hey, you bowl, right?" I'm like, <laughs> "No." <laughs> There's a Trent McClellan, a famous boss. He's only the greatest ever live.
1: Uh, the human spare, <laughs> Trent McClellan. The
0: human spare.
1: I'm sure he doesn't get you ever. So Yeah. Hey, you tell like jokes, right? No. Hey, can I... Great set. Can I tell you something? You should probably change your name because... <laughs> A you know the thing. human spare Trent McClellan, the right? Human spare. It's got to be weird because all people are thinking about is bowling when you go on stage.
0: It's a big, big problem. What a great DVD name, the Human Spare. The Human Spare. <laughs> Bryce about getting spares a lot. He just doesn't have enough self-esteem. he so just uses them as a spare. I'll get them all. This human being. I don't even care if they're together. I'll do whatever I need to do. Um, bowling. Um, I don't. I don't because I feel like comedy is. It's more popular now Than it's ever been Like yep. people watch it They talk about it at work Like we're comedians But even like I just know people in general Who are like Oh yeah They want to talk about it online Or they Oh I watched Dave Chappelle's Special the other night. So I think it's It's out in people's lives More than ever But there still are A lot of people Who don't go to a live comedy club Because I guess it's because Like Because it's not Dave Chappelle That they'd be going to see They're like Well if Dave yeah. Chappelle came I'd go But it's yeah. like I'm going to go see something I don't know Yeah And another friend of mine Roy Scoville I don't know if you know Rory at all. Mm-hmm. Roy said the big difference he found from playing America and playing Canada is in America, before people go to a comedy club generally, they do some research on who they're gonna go see. Right. They go like, okay, Adam Christie, and they'll Google you and see what they know. Right. Because in Canada it seems like people are just like, We're just gonna go see comedy. Yeah. Just like live music, you yeah. know? There's no research done ahead of time. And then they're kinda of like, Well, I don't really like this style. It's like, well, you could have checked his style out on the internet before you came, but they just hope it worked out for them.
1: And there's been times where I where I get to the uh, like I go out and I get to the club, I'm like, shit, five pin. <laughs> I should have called ahead. Uh, I don't play fucking candle pin. This is crazy. Bo- there's This is glow bowling tonight.
0: I, oh, this is the worst. There's a gig actually in Red Deer, Alberta. Actually, that's in a bowling alley. Whoa. And apparently, you can hear you can hear the balls.
1: <laughs> is it in another room?
0: Yeah, I think it's in another room, but it's you know it's a bowling alley, so it's like you know it's not soundproof, right? It's you know yeah you're hearing the strikes and. Uh,
1: you uh, there there was a gig in LA that was very fun at uh, Highland Park Bowl. I don't know if it still happens, but shout out to Highland Park Bowl.
0: Could you hear? Was it? Could you hear the ball? No, it was
1: in another room. It was a very cool bowling. Alley. It's in Highland Park, which is a very like up and coming, cool oh, okay. neighborhood, which has a strip. It's like, you know, very hip, and there's a cool bowl, like a gothic type, like fancy bowling alley that's like forty dollars to play. Oh wow, okay, um, chic. Very chic, very expensive, very chic, but there was a little side room with a comedy night, which was very good.
0: Okay, so it actually worked. Yeah. I'm always amazed. Sometimes you'd walk into these gigs, you know, in these pubs and bars and rooms, and you're like, someone walked in here and went, you know, this would be a good place for a comedy show. I'm ready to laugh. (laughs) It's like, this is an L-shaped room with no sound, and we've got a pool table for a stage. You know what? I think we'll put a comedian here, and I think it'll be fantastic. If I'm in a room which would be good
1: for comedy, I always note it. Yes, like, I could do a show here
0: I said one of the first things I think when I walk into a room I look at sight lines, I yeah. look at the shape of the room And I go, see, see you links. can put a stage at the end of this Most oh, yeah. people would see, it's like, yeah. what's that? Yeah, what's this Boston pizza? Yeah, I'll have the uh, <laughs> the, the meat lovers it's I'll like, have the
1: one with fries on it, please <laughs> I'll have the one with barbecue sauce as the sauce And the meat
0: What's going on with the Just Boston cut a pizza? steak up and throw it Boston pizza will take whatever's in the kitchen and just throw it on there It's like, yeah yeah, We get a Caesar salad pizza, do you want some of that? Yeah. <laughs> no, I They're don't just,
1: it is like this, like the Caesar salad is famously the whatever we had in the cupboard is on. The it salad. goes on top of that. So maybe Boston Pizza is just trying to get that. Like someday they're gonna unlock the code. Yeah. Of like, did you know that pizza with um, uh, macaroni cheese on ranch it, ranch dressing instead of <laughs> sauce, that was from Boston Pizza. That's
0: that's ours. We made that. We just empty the cupboards out every week, and uh, whatever it is, it is. You know. So that was the most popular thing. Now it's the most popular thing in, the, <laughs> on in the our world. menu. Our specials this week, or whatever the <laughs> chef is getting rid of in the next two days. <laughs>
1: Let me tell you, we hit gold with this ranch dressing.
0: It's the new bowling. There are bones on my pizza. That's right. That's some of the chicken wings we had left. <laughs> Just crunching on bone. <laughs> bones. Sour cream is the uh, sauce. No it's, cheese. It is delicious. Um, what would you say to someone now? Like, if someone came up to you and said they want to start, they want to be a stand-up comedian. What would you say to them? In all honesty,
1: I would say uh, I'd be like, "What city do you live in? What city do they live in? So do you live in?" I would say um, you should move to a bigger city. Right. Um, and if you live in a bigger city, I'd be like, great. No,
0: it's it just say great. Great. Good yeah. for you. I'd be like, great, yeah, you should do it. Do it. Go for it. Is I think it- everyone should try it. If you have a an inkling and you've got an itch to do it, I think you should try it.
1: I did a panel recently, and it was a, a bunch of like comedy fans, and it was like how to break into stand-up comedy. And I was like, to those people, I said... You all love comedy. You all uh, Like, you need to do it. You need, like, 50% you need to just do it, and then 50% you need to love it. And if you go to a panel at 2 o'clock in the afternoon at TIFF Lightbox Theater to watch three people talk about breaking into stand-up comedy, you love stand-up comedy. Yeah.
0: If you're listening to this, you probably love stand comedy. You love up stand-up comedy, comedy yeah. So, That's the thing about it. I think there's all these things that people say they don't know what their passion is. I think... I think they do know they just haven't acknowledged it yet. Like anything you put effort and time into without being paid yeah, is like clearly that's a passion for you. But also you can be passionate
1: about something. Like there's probably a bunch of people out there who love comedy podcasts, but they don't necessarily have the itch to do comedy no but if you're out there and you listen to tons of comedy podcasts about people talking about comedy and people making comedy and you watch every stand up special and you go to comedy and then you're also like I really want to do comedy it's like yeah you probably should
0: you should yeah you definitely it's should it's
1: really funny even if you don't like doing it you'll be like okay I tried but I can still like it yes
0: um, there's no shame in that and I feel like you get so much data back and information back from your first time once you do do it yeah that you'll know You'd be yeah. like that was either the worst experience of my life and was nothing like what i thought it would be or oh my god that was so adrenaline that was so much fun and what a ride and i can't wait to get back up there again and i feel like for me that's what it was it was like oh my god it's it's even greater than what i thought it was going to be and i can't wait yeah. to, to go up there again yeah and my second time on stage was an actual contest First time I did really well. I just got up and did a spot and it was great. My second time on stage was a contest and I bombed. I took a brand new five minutes and oh, thought, yeah. I thought like, well, clearly everything I say is hilarious because mm-hmm. that other five I had worked. Yeah. So I'm going to do a brand new five. I was already like, I'm going to, I guess I'll be on tour next week. I assume <laughs> like I'm just going to have a private good. And like, I just thought it was all like, I'm, apparently I'm a prodigy at this. Yeah. Like, and then just went and ate it the second time wow. at a contest. And it was one of those contests where, um, American Idol and Canadian Idol had just come out as TV shows. So that was the concept of the contest where three judges picked you apart after your set. Whoa. While, while you stood on stage, as the host came back out, you stood there with the host. Was this at Funny Fest? No, it was at uh, it was at the old Yuck Yucks in Calgary back in the day. And the three judges would then like have a go at you. Do you or... remember who the judges were that picked you apart? Um... I can't remember because they would alternate. Be one like it was a radio personality, like a local radio host or whatever. Right. And then I think there were two comics, but I can't remember who the comics were. Nothing but they like weren't. Being I remember they apart. weren't. They weren't cruel to me. They were kind of like, oh, hey, nice. they knew I was a newbie, and they were like, hey, man, you got some potential, but you're gonna need to do whatever. Yeah. But they did destroy some people. Do you remember who won that night? Uh, I do not remember. Wow. And I often look at that like if I could find old photographs and go like. Who's still in the in the game? Like who started out in that from that competition? Yeah, the next year I won that competition. <gasps> oh my god! But I was hungry. I was like, I'm gonna get better, and I'm gonna whatever. I'm gonna like just improve. But I, I it hurt like to to bomb for the first time was devastating. What was it called? Comedy Idol. It was called Comedy Idol. Yeah. Comedy Idol. Calgary Comedy Idol, and it was a it was like yeah, a series of weeks, and like you had to advance from each week or whatever. And so yeah. I yeah, but it oh, was man. the Kelly
1: Clarkson of. Comedy yeah, comedy. yeah,
0: and I just sang away in my car as I drove <laughs> away, like
1: just tears <laughs> streaming down <out> my face.
0: <laughs> but that's what it mean. Is like I feel like, because you must have got this too. Like I'm sure, like oh, Adam, you were always funny, and of course you should do stand up and whatever. But like, they don't understand the emotional roller coaster of developing your own material, getting up on stage, not having a good set, the self doubt that goes along with it. Like they don't understand the amount of resilience you'll need to like it's not all roses it's not like every time you get up there it's amazing it's like especially when you start out you're just grasping at straws trying to find your way and like for me i often think i had the one good set the first one the second one was horrible and i was done i was like i'm done with comedy and the girl i was dating at the time was like she's like really you're just gonna not go back i was like well you weren't up there like it was bad like it felt horrible she goes yeah so you had one good set and then you had one bad set so you're just gonna walk away now i was like you're a nurse for Christ's sake. Shouldn't yeah. you be more loving and accommodating? Like, shouldn't you be more <laughs> compassionate? She's like, no, like just, I can't believe you're just gonna walk away after. So that boot in the ass for me was kind of like, okay, oh. but it took me weeks to go back to a comedy stage. Wow. Cause I was pretty wounded from I still all.
1: have bad sets now.
0: Of course. For God's sake. Of course, we all do. Especially when you're trying new material. Yeah, sometimes like,
1: I'm doing my best stuff, I have a bad yeah, set. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, this crowd doesn't like me. No,
0: and it happens. Yes. Yeah. But at that time, I think I didn't, I was so fragile, I think, it was like i needed that validation of a, an audience and so the first time you didn't get that i was like oh wow this can go wrong but i think what it did for me it made me realize like oh you have to be prepared and you can't phone it in and you can't just by the way everything you say is not hilarious and yeah. it does need tweaking and it needs time to to mature and whatever so that was a good lesson but sometimes you people don't get up off the mat off that like you're just like nope never gonna go do that again you yeah. know we've all seen someone do comedy once and you never saw that person ever again
1: Apparently people who are uh, um, people who show up to crime scenes To clean up bodies Apparently those people don't last Apparently like 75% of them quit After the first six months Because they can't handle it
0: I can imagine Because people go into it
1: being like I can handle this And I think when you really see What it's, what it's like. like So I think that's like comedy But uh, on a, a crazier scheme I, I don't know what I'm talking about anymore I went into this analogy And no, I, I immediately uh, bailed on it in my head Immediately when I started talking and I started talking about no, like dead I, bodies, I was like, <laughs> what the fuck am I
0: talking about? What the hell is this? You're like, Trent, it's exactly like being a crime scene investigator. I exactly. At you Exactly. Like, Help me, Trent. Help me out. I, I get the parallel, though. I can imagine you think you got what it takes. You walk in there, you see stuff you didn't realize you were going to see, and you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I can totally see that happening. Like, like I said, oh, man. i still feel it for comics when i watch people and i'm like i compare it to this like when you're it's like when you don't own a car and you get a car and it breaks down you don't know why the car broke down you're just like i don't know like i just bring it to a garage i guess but then when you have a car for a long time you know things you can check and go like it might be this it might be that yeah so when you're a comedian starting out and it doesn't go well you don't even know why it didn't go well yeah you're like i don't know i'm just throwing shit at the wall and it's but then when you get old, like you, when you got sets under your belt, you go like, Yeah, it was too fast or it's too slow, or I lost the wording on that bit, or I mumbled that word. Like you have stuff you can go back and tweak. At least there's data from that. But when you're first starting, you have no data. You're just like, Yeah. It's just a blur. And yeah. it went well or it didn't go well. Yeah. And that is really a real messed up time, you know? Someone told me they said like when you get there on the five, seven year mark, that's when you kinda know you've made it out of the woods. Yeah. Where you're like, okay you've got enough experience now. But someone also said to me, people are faking experience now because they listen to podcasts. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh. So they haven't actually gained the experience themselves. They just go like, yeah, I was listening to Rogan, and he said, whatever, you should never, da 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 right? Like, that's their, right. they're now an expert because they've listened to a Con- some comedy podcasts. Right, yeah. And it's like, well, how many times have you been on stage? Four times. I've been on stage four yeah. times. Yeah. You're telling this guy has been on stage 20 times, you're giving him feedback on what he should be doing? Like, yeah. I don't. I
1: don't get it. Well, that's like that's like everything. That's like film. Like I'm like that with film. Like this is why this movie was bad. I've never made a movie in my life. I barely acted. I've never film made. Uh, Here's what I would have done. Wouldn't. Don't know what a DP does. Uh, Lighting cameras. Not for me. But I'm gonna break down for an hour. I could tell you why certain movies don't work.
0: Here's my issue with the Joker. Have you seen the Joker? No. Have you? Yeah.
1: Did you like it or you didn't like it?
0: I thought his performance was amazing. Bad movie. I I mean I I did like it. I can't say I didn't like it. I think it was it was quite artsy. You yeah. know, felt a little tried at times. You know, like you're really going for that kind of thing. But the performance was amazing. And I definitely think it's worth seeing for sure. Yeah. Maybe I'll go see and it. I guess it's because there's a you know stand-up comedy connection there. You kind of go like, uh, this is. <laughs> This is really the darkest side of what we do for a living. But some
1: people have said it's great, and some people have said they hated it. That's a pretty down the middle line. I'll, maybe I'll see it, but also good movies are coming out this week.
0: What's coming out this week?
1: Uh, Jojo Rabbit is coming out with this the Taika Waititi uh, oh really? Nazi movie, and also The Lighthouse is coming out this week. Ooh. I'd rather see those than the Joker right now. Maybe we,
0: I'll see the Joker on the on a plane. Maybe you will. Maybe he'll actually be on a plane. You'll see. You'll sit next to him. Oh my God, the Joker. Weird. This guy
1: loves anarchy, but he's got to go places, for God's sake. He's got a tour. He's got a tour. He's got, got, to tour it. He's he's got, got it. a movie out. He's got a tour. Oh, yeah. He's got to do press.
0: You know what the irony of that is? He could literally go play comedy clubs right now. The Joker?
1: Yeah. If Joaquin Phoenix, as the Joker,
0: decided he was going to go, he would sell out Massey Hall. It would sell out. Yeah. Never performed stand up in his life. Never. You'd be like They're like We gotta go see this It'd
1: probably be the worst thing You've ever seen Well
0: it's like with Charlie Sheen Remember Went around started doing shows and people, people would buy tickets And then go oh, yeah. That was horrible It's like Yeah
1: yeah. He doesn't do He's not a comedian I knew somebody who worked At Massey Hall And I asked What was the worst show You ever saw And it, it was that It was Charlie Sheen Yeah Charlie Sheen <laughs> They were like Mamma mia He just had like Women on stage Like and would just Say his catchphrases so many from two and a half men he was so huge what a weird time but do you take as a comedian
0: do you get pissed off by that no I don't care
1: he's not taking away from my my audience my
0: my audi- no, no, like no, audience not three people like me well you not, you're not gonna 39 after he does I'm his talking stuff. one of them I'm sleeping with well, one of them <laughs> one of them birthed me few of them are family yep I mean yeah I mean it's but some people comedians get really upset like oh like you know like um, at the laugh shop back in Calgary Stormy Daniels is playing one night there oh, yeah. like in November right yeah. so you know I know they'll be keeping me so go like you know what's that and I'm like I get it they're running a business they're like we're gonna sell that out we're gonna sell a bunch of liquor it's gonna be it's probably on an off night like a Monday or yeah, something yeah no one's
1: gonna go there and they're gonna be like I saw Stormy Daniels at the laugh shop she was terrible I think stand-up comedy's bad yeah I saw Stormy <laughs> Daniels and it wasn't good so let's not go to the laugh shop because just, yeah. I don't think stand-up's for me.
0: I, I saw one stand-up comedy show before with, uh, what's her name, Daniels? And I didn't like that very yeah. much. Probably, mm-hmm.
1: she'll she'll also probably kill. She's she, gonna go up, she's gonna tell some porn stories, she's yep. gonna talk about Donald Trump, everyone's gonna eat it up, and she'll leave.
0: No, you're probably right. She'll give them what they want. Like, it'll be like, you wanna hear dirt and smut and stuff about Donald Trump and slamming him, and, and that's if that's what you're ex- expecting, I'm sure people will be pleasantly, they'll be, they'll be delighted when they leave. Yeah, but sure. if you're going up, there going... I was expecting a well crafted act. It's like, I don't think she's up at the comedy store every week uh, yeah. bagging out her new hour. Like, it's good. Stormy Daniels' new Netflix special. It's like, it is killer.
1: Yeah, Stormy Daniels is going to be looking for some, a couple props. Yeah. A <laughs> couple of props in the green room. <laughs> That's a good place to end this
0: thing. I Trent think. It was. Thank uh, you for having me. For God's dude. Sake. Thanks for having me. Best of luck uh, with all the shows and in Sydney. Enjoy yourself down there.
1: Shout out to XM Satellite Radio. I, I think there's a free trial. I'm I'm a company man. Sure, man. Do go what on, you got to do. Go on my Facebook if we're friends or my Twitter. I'll shout out the free trial. Go go get that for God's All about sake. it, Trent. Thanks, for doing man. This, bud. See you at work. Cheers. And uh, I don't think we should talk. Like you're going to press not record.
0: Yeah. And I think
1: after that, I should just leave and we shouldn't talk because.
0: There it is. There it is. My chat with Mr. AC Adam Christie. Genuinely, genuinely happy for that guy. He's one of the best people in the business. Uh, kind hearted, genuine, and hilariously funny. So you, I am really happy when good things happen to good people. I know it sounds cliche, but it's true. You just. Uh, you you wish the best for people like that and uh, adam definitely falls into that category so if you uh, get a chance to check out adam christie make sure you do that anywhere if he's anywhere in your neck of the woods i know he'll crush it uh, down in sydney and uh and all the festivals because he's just a great comic so anyway i hope you have a fantastic week and uh things go smoothly for you and if they don't you are able to just weather it and get through it and know it's all temporary it's all it is temporary it's a blip boom you're gonna move on as i said earlier a week blows by so quick it's it gone on to the next thing you know next 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 on you go so i hope it's fantastic uh, a fantastic week for you um i'm working on some tour dates right now we don't have any information on that as of yet but uh wheels are turning as we speak so um i'll have an announcement about that uh, a little further down the road so again have a fantastic week thank you so much for listening and share the podcast with your friends and let them know about it. And, uh, again, I appreciate all the support. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.